Who would have thought that our efforts to make indoors cooler would end up making our outdoors warmer? Unfortunately, this is the sad reality of modern air conditioning. It is projected that air conditioning use worldwide will produce 2 billion tons of carbon emissions annually, about the same amount as the entire country of India, the world's third largest carbon emitter produces today. This has created a vicious cycle where warmer temperatures lead to more air conditioning use, and more air conditioning use leads to more carbon emissions that drive temperatures even higher. Hello listeners, I am your host, Mike Lake, and today we will be examining the environmental implications of air conditioning usage around the world. In today's preview, I am speaking with Joseph Hill, CEO of Zephyrin, a company that is taking a resourceful approach to cooling our indoor living spaces while minimizing the harmful environmental impacts for tomorrow. Innovation. Resiliency. Discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Joseph. Thank you so much for joining us today. And, and once again, welcome to all our listeners. I'd like to introduce you to Joseph Hill, the CEO of Zephrame, a company with an award-winning combination of clever technology and hardware and AI-powered software designed to prevent that fast-approaching uh, demise of air conditioning as we know it. Now, Joseph, before we really get into what, what this issue is and, and what Zephrame does, I'd love to know a little bit more about yourself and, and how you got involved in, in this industry. Uh, so my name is Joseph, and uh, as you've already mentioned, and I've always cared about sustainability, and I've always cared about trying to do something that isn't just for myself, looking at the bigger picture. So um, one day, you know, I feel like this story has been told a hundred times or a million times at this point, but uh, I was sitting in my cubicle, and I knew that that wasn't life for me, and that I wanted to make a difference, so I did something. Well, I'm trying to do so, I guess. And, and that is a common inspiration and motivation, I think, from a lot of the, the guests we have on Preview of Tomorrow. But it's interesting that you focused on, it's interesting to me that you focused on air conditioning. Um, I mean, there's no doubt that air conditioning is, is a real issue, a real challenge, uh, not the least of which is the fact that it, it's creating its own kind of perpetual issue of you know, the more it gets warmer outside, the more we turn on our air condition, the more CO2 emissions those air conditioning units are emitting, which makes the climate even warmer um, right. and the need for more air conditioning. So how, how is it that that became a focus for you? And, and what does this issue mean to, to me and to the world as a, at, at large? Uh, well, I think some people might call me uh, brave for trying to tackle this issue. Some might call me foolish. Uh, I just did it because I like difficult challenges. I like difficult things. I've never, ever had, you know, um, been wise enough or foolish enough, depending on how you look at it, to make uh, easy choices. I've always seemed to do things the hard way. And uh, I realized that uh, reading the United Nations report that this is a problem that is coming, whether we're pre pre prepared for it or not. And it's one that a lot of uh, experts think is hopeless. It's so hopeless and 
for most people, in fact, they're just become apathetic towards trying to solve it because nothing has really been uh, developed to solve it. So I thought, why not give it a shot? And, and dive a little deeper on what is the it that we're solving here? It is the depth of air conditioning as we know it, because right now, um, air conditioning companies can essentially sell their units as fast as they can make them. So that gives very little incentive to increase efficiencies. Plus to increase efficiencies, you have to spend a lot of money on R&D, you have to make new technology, you have to use new kind of components that uh, a lot of companies simply don't want to make because they don't need to do that. Um, and with the heating of the planet, a lot of uh, places that have traditionally not used air conditioning, for example, France and Italy, they've had some record heat waves during the summer. They've been buying air conditioning units in record numbers. But developing countries, especially namely Indonesia, which is wild, uh, Brazil, India, and China are buying these units at record numbers. And there'll be so many by 2050 that even if we put all the power that we have in the world towards air conditioning, it won't be enough. And it will just lead to this vicious feedback loop that is already happening that you mentioned. But imagine that times like two or three because there'll be that many more units in the world. And, you know, when you talk about the other countries and, and their use of air conditioning, you know, here in the U.S., uh, we're famous, I think, or infamous, perhaps, for our use of air conditioning. Um, now, I've read that uh, the U.S. alone uses more energy on air condition, heating, ventilating, air conditioning um, than all other countries in the world combined. Combined, right. I mean, that's a tremendous amount of energy we're talking about here. So uh, can you give us some sense of as to, um, you know, how much energy are we talking about and how much energy can we be saving with with new technologies? Well, I mean, right now, uh, worldwide, uh, HVAC, especially air conditioning, uses about uh, up to, to 30% peak electricity. And that's just insane if you think about it. Mm. Um, and you mentioned that the United States uses more than the rest of the world combined, and that's true. Um, but I feel like uh, we, since the United States is the leading use, user of air conditioning, they are the ones that actually should be uh, developing more efficient technologies and letting that trickle down. Uh, to other countries and other markets, but the other markets that are buying these uh, older uh, technologies that are just widely available, that's where we need to like really focus on uh, because they are buying the units. They're not having to you know up upgrade their units. Um, so it's a really big issue, but it's multifaceted. It's not as simple as we think it is. So I'll tell you just a little personal story. My wife and I recently bought a, a home and, uh, you know, it, it has since been converted long before we owned it. Uh, but it was built with sleeping porches is something I hadn't even heard of. Um, but this idea that when it would get too warm inside the house, you'd drag your mattress out onto the porch and sleep outside. Yeah. What has happened to kind of those low or no energy solutions to cooling ourselves off in those warm summer days? That's interesting that you mentioned that because most people don't remember uh, a time when we used to do this. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm actually almost 40, but I don't look it. And I actually grew up when we didn't really rely on air conditioning that much. I grew up in the, the southern part of the U.S. And in the southern part of the U.S., uh, a long time ago, they used to make wraparound porches. Basically, what you were saying, where you could take out your mattress, because if you had a porch that went all the way around your house, at any time you could shield yourself from the sun. And since the house was essentially a square, you could have uh, an always a corridor of air by just opening up two windows on either side of the building at the same time, right? 
so yes. that whatever side of the porch you were on, you could get an airflow through the, the house itself. But these days we don't open our windows because of a fear of uh, you know, uh, security and because the houses aren't designed to have cross flow anymore. So things like transom windows, which most people probably have no idea what they are, they're windows that are above the little the window, yeah. Yeah, that are opened at an angle to, to exhaust heat. And because heat rises, it's it's a very intelligent solution to put a transom window above the door. But no one does that anymore. So we've designed these modern buildings that are designed to be beautiful, but they're not functional. And that's a huge, huge problem. So we have to think of some solution to kind of get over that poor design language. I mean, one of the things that we think about, of course, a lot at leading cities is is the rapidly uh, urbanization that's happening around the world and and the number of people who are now living in cities. We, we've heard over and over again that for the first time in human history, it's more than half of the world's population. That's in, in a short by 2050, I think it is. They're projecting as many as 70 percent of people living in cities. Um, most city uh, homes that I know of do not have wraparound porches, um, right. uh, nor do they have, uh, uh, you know, cross the opportunity for cross ventilation. So how do you reconcile that, this, you know, modern architecture uh, with the, the need to try and reduce our dependency on air conditioning? Well, the thing is that a lot of the planet, uh, as we know it, is not actually living in modern buildings. Uh, America is uniquely uh, is individually unique in the sense that it's a really, really new country. But if you go to Europe, a lot of their buildings are ancient, and they were never designed with any kind of air conditioning in mind. And we have a couple options here if we want the modern technology of air conditioning. We can tear down the building, or we can build uh, you know, some kind of solution that fits within that framework of these older buildings. And unfortunately, there's not really anything on the market to do that. Um, so America is kind of a unique situation compared to the rest of the world. Um, but in America, uh, in these major cities that will have 70% of the population by 2050, uh, we just need to use, in my opinion, uh, we need to use existing technologies smarter. Mm. And we can do that because we are advancing and we have a lot of new technologies that will allow us to do that. So let's talk about those new technologies. and and. Because I'll be honest with you, I I, I do love my air conditioning. <laughs> um, so, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to be leaving, you know, this planet worse off for my children or grandchildren um, than than I found it. So what 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 can I be doing? You know, what are the options out there? Well, uh, again, America's. Uh, <laughs> singularly unique in the fact that it's the only country in the world that widely uses central air. No other country in the world widely has the, the adoption of central air, and that's why America uses more AC than any other country. And unless every American is willing to change, America is kind of one of those countries where we have to be like, uh, we're not really sure if anything can be done. And they need to use their, their uh, financial power to make their existing technology uh, more efficient. But for the rest of the world, that's where my kind of solution comes in. So basically what my company does is we are kind of removing the inefficiencies of humans uh, using air conditioning because we don't use central air, for example, where I'm at right now here in South Korea. Uh, every other country in the world does not really widely use central air. Instead, we use these units that are attached to our wall or they're standing units in the living room. And basically what happens is on a hot summer day, uh, when they come home, it will be like uh, 35 degrees uh, centigrade, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit anymore. 
but it's hot. It's over 100, yeah. Right. Uh, because they don't leave their air conditioning units on all day because they're very inefficient and electricity is not cheap everywhere in the world like it is in America. So they'll come home, they'll turn on their air conditioning units to the lowest possible temperature, which is about 18 centigrade, and then they'll turn it on to max power, right? And then just let it run at max power, the lowest temperature for two or three hours, then turn it off and go to bed. That is the least efficient way you could possibly use air conditioning. However, that's what everyone does because they want to be cooled as rapidly as possible. But instead of doing that, instead of having like one of these like wall mounted units that is human controlled in each room, instead we can use like a shared area, like a hallway. Let's think about an apartment building. We can use the, the hallway of a shared building and cool or heat that area and move that heated or cooled air through the door itself while filtering it. And this can all be done with AI, with our AI software. So instead of the AI will learn, for example, what time you come home, what uh, temperature you like in general at different times of the day, and it will even use uh, data from outside weather factors to always make sure that your uh, home is comfortable. And it can do this just by uh, automatically controlling the speed of the fans, because that will control how much of this heated or cooled air is moved into your area. And instead of using these really inefficient tiny units in each uh, apartment, you can just use much larger and much more efficient units uh, in the hallway or shared area. And it's kind of counterintuitive uh, to how a lot of people think about air conditioning because they think that you know it's something that they set and forget in America or other parts of the world, you come home and just blast it. Um, but we're trying to remove the human element of the inefficiencies to always provide a, a level of comfort for you no matter what. So instead of going home and blasting your AC, instead what you can do is just the, the AI will know about what time you come home. It'll ramp up the fans uh, like a few minutes or however long it takes for your home to be as comfortable as you like it. And then when you get home, bam, ready. And, and talk to me a little bit about what it means to install a system like this. So we also developed it because we're using existing technology. A lot of... Uh, a lot of competitors or other groups who are trying to solve this incredibly difficult problem are trying to make new technology. And unfortunately, we don't have time for that. Uh, new technology is uh, generally too novel, like it's not designed for buildings as we've designed buildings so far, or it's too expensive and too far out in the future. So we realized that we need to use existing technology, existing HVAC, but in a more intelligent way. So we can actually run ducting in most hallways in almost every uh, existing building quite easily and have like roof mounted uh, HVAC units that are very efficient and effective. Uh, and this is fairly easy to do, even in like older buildings that don't have uh, a very, you know, a large amount of variance in how we can like, you know, kind of run tubes through it. Um, and then doing this with existing technology and just pushing that uh, heated or cooled air through the door, there you go. Fascinating. So let's let's project out, uh, you know, 10, 20, 50 years from from now, and and you know, Zephram uh, technology and and approach to cooling our our homes and businesses, I suppose as well, right, um, is is widely used. What does that mean? What does it mean for the user? What does it mean for society in general? Well, uh, we can provide the same level of comfort that people are, are familiar with. Uh, while using up to 80% less energy. And in, uh, a, in an industry like AC, where a 1% or 2% uh, uh, increase of efficiency is actually fairly uh, huge, 80% is just unheard of. Mm. So we would be able to save incredible amounts of electricity by just using uh, AC in a different way and letting uh, AI do it instead of human inefficiencies. 
So there alone, we would just save incredible amounts of electricity. But it would also kind of remove the, the worry that we have about heating and cooling, right? So when you are on your way home, and this is a very human element, and you think, oh, I can't, I don't want to go home. It's going to be so hot. I'm going to sweat uh, for a while. It'll just, all of this will be automated, right? And this is kind of the beauty of living in the modern world where AI and automation is starting to take over a lot of things that we used to, to have to do ourselves. Um, and I think it will be more seamless and it will become more of like a background thing instead of like something that we have to really care about. Because like right now with the historic uh, heat wave that you're having in, in the States, um, a lot of homes are actually, some of them are remotely being, uh, their thermostats are remotely being uh, increased. Like, I don't know if you've read about this in the news. Yeah. Uh, but we won't have to worry about these kind of things because we mm. will not use a lot of energy and it would just always be the way we want it. Wow. Well, Joseph, you know, you, this is such an issue. I, I mean, being here in the U.S., as you've mentioned, we have a unique perspective on on yeah. AC usage. But um, I mean, it was such an eye opener for me to, to think about the global impact of uh, the energy and, and energy consumption, as well as CO2 emissions uh, created by uh, air conditioning units. So. You know, for you, I want to just thank you for your time today and and for the, for taking the effort and and interest in this topic because clearly we need a more efficient uh, approach to cooling ourselves off and living comfortably, um, whether it's in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world. And uh, the impact you will have is is tremendous and and will be felt by future generations. So thank you for what you do. Well, thank you for having me today. Of course. Now, one last question for you. If anybody wants to learn more or, or be in touch, what's the best way for them to do so? Send me an email personally. It's joseph at zephrain.com. Um, and I don't know if you'll link it in the video, but uh, I'm reach, you can reach me at any time. I'd love to answer your questions if you have any. Uh, you know, I'm always even open for collaborations, partnerships, anything. I just want to save air conditioning and, you know, save the planet at the same time. Great. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.